Good morning. It's so good to be with you. We're so grateful that the Lord connected us with this house a long time ago. Uh, we, we connected with Pastor Gilbert and uh, Debbie and uh, became instant friends. And then we fell in love with this house. And uh, we've, uh, I remember, you know, today's nostalgic moment. I remember when you didn't have a shepherd. And Gilbert had transitioned to the next place and you were without a pastor for uh, quite some time. And I remember the, the prayer of the elders, the prayer of this house was, uh, Father, give us uh, shepherds after your own heart. And he did. He really did. And we're so grateful for you, Caleb, you and Haley and your family and sharing your life here. You know, he's not just sharing the word or putting in time or doing a job. This, this is his love. This is his, his passion, and he's really invested in, uh, in your lives. And uh, God has so much in store for you all. You've only begun to see what the Lord's going to do in you personally and corporately to bring his kingdom. We're, we're in a nation right now that is crying out for revival. They don't know it. They're crying out for awakening. They're crying out for a greater awakening than we've ever seen in our nation. And I, I will tell you, you say, well, yeah, I don't see all that. Do you watch the news? Well, yeah, 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 but I, I, I listen to the good news. And, and the good news says that it gets darkest just before the dawn. And the, and the Lord often allows the enemy to overplay his hand so that even people that seem so far from Jesus are going, something's crazy, what's going to happen? We need something better than this. And there's a ripening and opening and open heart for, for Jesus to come and his kingdom to come. And so I just want to be part of uh, encouraging you in that, listen to this uh, uh, this uh, phrase from Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, it's in chapter eight, verse verse thirty one. I love this this uh, this phrase so much. If God is for us, who can be against us? And that alone is worth resting in and meditating on, because we often get more obsessed about what's coming at us and what seems to be against us than the one who's for us. And he's praying for you. Yeah, I mean, you say, well, I don't know if I'm on any prayer list. Well, Jesus ever makes intercession for you, and the Holy Spirit's praying for you and I in beyond words. So uh, we're we're really, you know, we're really supported. And then there's this 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 statement: God, our gracious Father, our generous Father, did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. And along with along with Him, along with our Father giving Jesus, he has graciously given us all things. All, not just some things, all things. And he, Paul later would say in his letter to the Ephesians, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, he said, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. He's loaded us up, and we're more loaded than we know. We've got, let, let me tell you this story. Some friends of ours... Uh, got married and uh, they were heading out for their honeymoon and they were going to go, go, go to a, like a, a, on a cruise, but they had the night before they left for the cruise, they, they, they got a, a room in a cheap hotel and a friend of theirs found out about it and said, that's not right. You're, you know, your first night together to be in a cheap motel. And so some friends went together and they bought them a room in a honeymoon suite. Now, they, they were busy at the wedding. As If you've been to weddings, you know what it's like. They're smiling, they're saying hi, and talking to everybody, and they, they got to the hotel late. It was a real nice hotel. 
But they got there late, and, and there was only one person on duty, and that was the guy at the desk, and the front desk. And he said, hey, here's the key. You've got to go up to yourself. So they went up to this, this free room, this honeymoon suite, and they opened it up, and it was just a little room. It, and it, it, had a, it had a sofa. It had a little, little bathroom with, with just a, a sink and a toilet, no, no shower, and, and had a, you know, a little bit of a couple pieces of furniture. And, and they thought, well, wow, I, well, it's free. And, uh, and they found out that there's no bed, but there was a sofa. It's one of those pull-out sofas, you know, the, the kind you buy so that your, your guests don't stay long. You know what I mean? I mean, they wake up corrugated in the morning. It's just, it's like kind of like a human waffle maker, and and so, so they they you know they pulled this out and they they scrunched up and they slept on the pull out sofa. And in the morning, they got up because they're going on a cruise, and they got up and they tried to be grateful for this free room. And as they were picking up stuff, they they noticed there was a, a door they hadn't opened. So they opened the door, and it was this gigantic room with a with a huge king-size bed and a, and a little pool and a hot tub. And, and there's a, a big uh, a fruit basket there that friends had put there. And so they were living in the vestibule of the honeymoon suite. Now, I'll tell you what. I believe the Holy Spirit has a passion because for too long the church has been living in the vestibule of the honeymoon suite. And there's a whole lot more that the Holy Spirit has for us than we've even tapped into, okay? We've been loaded with, think of this, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has been given to us in Jesus. Our generous God has given it to us. And we've only begun to scratch the surface. Whoa, just gave myself a COVID test right there. I tested negative, so you're okay. Is this right? You slide. Is this good? What's the sliding part? What I? You don't. Do I have to? Okay, I got. Okay. Here we go. Is that good? Okay. Now we're ready. Y'all ready? Pretend I just got up here and I didn't do all that weird stuff with the mic. Um, Here's what I want to share with you today. The very first commandment that Jesus gave us after rising from the dead, he met with his disciples in the upper room, and he gave this commandment, very first commandment, receive the Holy Spirit. And, and that's the very first commandment. That's a great commandment. Receive who he is. Receive all that he has to give. Receive all that he wants to do. You know, see, I grew up in a, in a church culture that was uh, called cessationist. Uh, we believed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were given to the first-generation church, but then when we got the canonized version of the Bible, we no longer needed the gifts of the Holy Spirit, so they ceased. That's where cessationism comes from. So we were we were taught that they no longer applied. And uh, so I, I grew up living in the vestibule <laughs> until I discovered that there's a whole lot more the Lord has for us. Now, I understand it gets messy at times when you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. and There's stuff to clean up, but I tell you what, it's, uh, it's like, like Solomon said in Proverbs, um, if you want the strength of an ox, you're going to have to clean the stall. I mean, in other words, the, the message translation probably says something like, there are no poopless cows. So, so I mean, if, 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 
you know, if you want the strength, you want the power, we, there's some cleanup, but it's, it's, I will tell you, it is so, 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 so worth it. Now, here's what I want to do today. I want to, there are three lists of gifts that are given to us, spiritual gifts that are given to us in the New Testament, three lists. And uh, often these, these, these lists are compiled together and we treat them like they're all the same and they're actually not. They are different types of gifts. And we're going to do a quick flyover, okay? So ready, buckle your seatbelt, put your, put your, you know, put your, put your table in the upright position and let's get ready. Okay, we're going to, going to fly through it. So here's, here's the first list. Romans 12, 3 to 8, talks about seven gifts and it says, we have, we have these gifts. By the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body, we have many members, and all the members don't have the same function. So we, though we are many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts, notice the word there is have. These are gifts that we have. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, these are gifts that we have. And the word have means to wear like a garment. It's part of who you are. It's what makes you, you, and me, me. And they're very unique. And we don't have all of them. We have one of them or two of them or some of them. There, there are predominant gifts that God has given to us that, that, that actually, they, they affect how we see things, how we perceive things. Now, let me just run over them quickly. Prophesying, people with the motivational gift, these are also often called motivational gifts, people with the prophesying motivation, they see issues in light of, in light of God's standard. Serving, they see practical needs in light of God's heart to meet them. Teaching, they see principles in light of God's word. Encouraging, they see morale, if it's low or if it's high, in light of God's heart to give hope to people. Giving, they see needs, financial and other, in light of, in light of God's heart to supply needs. Leadership, they see confusion in light of God's desire to bring order and structure and and wisdom and direction and mercy they see broken hearts they can smell them a mile away if you if you are a mercy person you can't make it through a hallmark commercial or a dog movie without losing it and it's just part of how you're wired mercy people they see brokenness broken hearts in light of god's heart to heal now a couple things about these gifts um we can, these gifts are different from one another. Notice the word differ there in what we just read. Now, the word different is one of those words that, depending how you use it, can be offensive. Like if you've, if you've made some food and you give it to somebody and they go, that's, that's different. How many of you know that's not, that's not a compliment? Do you know what I mean? And it's even worse when you use it on people. Hey, do you know Joe? Yeah, Joe's uh, uh, different. You, you know, and and so the word can seem to 
to, to be divisive. Like, like, well, you know, I don't get them. I don't get these mercy people crying all the time. I don't get these prophetic people. I mean, they say issues and they plow people. And, well, actually, the word that's used here in, Ro- in Romans 12 is not the word different. It's the word differential. It's the word differential. Now, I am not mechanical, so I'm about to give a definition, and I'm not mechanical, so the word thingy will be used several times, but please bear with me. The differential on a car is the thingy on the, on the, on the rear axle, the big bulky thingy in the middle, and it's, and it's where different moving parts that come at it from different directions work together so that the car can maneuver turns and can advance. So we get in trouble when these gifts that we have, each one of us has a unique gift mix. We get in trouble when the gifts that we have, we either bury in insecurity, we don't speak up, we don't get involved, we don't share who we are, or we get in trouble with our gifts when we bully with them. When we think, I see it this way, everybody should see it this way. That's the way it is. That's the way things are. If you just if you stink like me, everything will be fine. When we get in trouble when we either bury our gifts or bully with our gifts. We've been called to blend them. You see, that there's a reason why the Word of God says we have the mind of Christ, not I have the mind of Christ. We. And together we discern what his heart is, what his convictions are, what his perspective is. And so the Holy Spirit has given gifts to us. They're in you. I believe the Holy Spirit right now is really working with the body of Christ to, to, to bring us a revelation of our identity. I mean, there's like an identity war going on right now, if you haven't sensed that. It is. Why? Because the, the greatest thing the enemy is afraid of is us knowing who we are. In fact, that's how he attacked Jesus three times in the wilderness. If you're the son, if you're the son, if you're the... He attacked Jesus on his identity. When you know who you are, when you know who God calls you to be, it doesn't matter a flip what everybody else thinks you might be. When you know who you are, you can stand in who you are. You can be who you are. They can say what they want to, but I know who I am in the Lord. I spent so many years living in eternal insecurity and thinking it was humility when it was just stupidity. And the Lord, and the Lord, I can't say that again. I don't even know where that came from, but, but got some funky eggs for breakfast and it's, since anyway the uh so we've got these amazing gifts in us by the holy spirit but i feel like i'm doing an infomercial but wait there's more <laughs> there, there there are other gifts that are mentioned in first corinthians 12 let's look at that up here on the screen first corinthians 12 verse 4 there are varieties the word there is diversity which means a wide variety beyond your imagination There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Notice how we're included there. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. One is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to 
to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, other languages, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, the first list, Romans 12, these are gifts we have. We carry with us all the time. But then there are these gifts that the Holy Spirit has, and he loves to distribute them through all of us at any given point in time. Let me tell you, the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts are open to all of us in this room at any time the Holy Spirit wants to. And we are told not just to be open to them, but to eagerly desire them. See, I went from being closed to them. I was a cessationist. We were, we were a nonprofit organization. And so, sorry, that's a bad, that's a, early this morning. I just did not. Anyway, uh, I, I was close to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then I learned that they are actually operating today, that there are people being healed. There are people getting prophetic revelation from the Lord. There are people getting words of knowledge. And there are tongues. I was in meetings where there were, there were people spoken in another language. Somebody interpreted it, and it was a powerful word for the whole group. I, I started to see that they're there, and so I became open to them. And I, I thought that was a really good place to be. Well, I'm open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If he wants to do it, he can. A brick will have to hit me in the head to get me moving, but I'm open to them. Then when I saw that God says in his word, 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly pursue, go after, go after them. And the word eagerly pursue means to, to, to go after them like, like, like you would go after water if you were dying of thirst, to eagerly go after them. So I think the Lord's ramping up the eager in the house. You know, we've been open to so much, and, you know, open-minded, you become an airhead. The Lord's calling us to really, to really be, you know, be, be zealous for and to go after the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because he wants to give them to us. There are, there are, he, he clues us in on what, on, on, there are knowing gifts, wisdom, prophecy, discernment. Those are, we get to know his thoughts in a given moment. There are speaking gifts, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, now there's a, there's a, there's a, a gift of tongues that I believe the whole body, the Lord wants to experience. And that's a private, personal, intimate connection with the Lord in prayer. And he, Paul said, I wish everybody spoke in tongues. He was speaking about that private, personal prayer life. He wants everybody to have that. And if you haven't experienced that yet, don't just be open to it. Go after it. He'll give it to you. It's amazing. I mean, my first experience with what happens when we pray in, in, in another language given by the Holy Spirit is I was in a prayer group, and a, a pastor from Nepal was beside me. And we started worshiping the Lord, and then we started praying in our prayer languages as well. And he started weeping. And he was starting weep, to weep uncontrollably. And we thought he needed ministry, deliverance. We didn't know exactly what was going on. And so after we, we finished our prayer time, we, we said, what, what was happening there, uh, Ram Samir? What was going on? And he said, I speak Nepali fluently. It's the language I was taught. This person next to me, this pastor next to me, when he prayed in his prayer language, he prayed in fluent Nepali. Nepali. And, and you know what? I say words to the Lord in my, my love language to him, how much I appreciate him, my natural tongue. What he was saying in my native tongue went far beyond anything I ever said. He went to new realms in worshiping the Lord. So it's, it's a powerful, wonderful gift. 
God gives us things to speak. Now, I, I want to tell you, it, it can get messy. I remember I started to move from open to, to going after. And I said, Lord, I know, that, I know that my life's been blessed when people share a prophetic word with me that's just timely. I want to do that too. I'm going after that. I want that too. And so, lo and behold, one day, one, one Sunday, a young man came up and he said, I'd like you to pray for me. And, and I said, what would you like me to pray for? He says, I, I, just need a, I just need a blessing. I need a father's blessing. Could you pray a father's blessing over me? And I put my hand on his shoulder. I asked him if I could. I put my hand on his shoulder. And I was ready to pray. And this thing welled up inside. And I felt like the Lord said, remember you said you wanted, you wanted to, you know, to give prophecy to people if you can? Yeah, I do. Well, are you ready? Oh, okay. And I started to pray for him. I just said, I, 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 just, I, just, I bless him by name. I just bless you. And then this word came out. Now, did you ever have words come out of your mouth? And as they're coming out of your mouth, you're going, oh, no, 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 no. It was one of those. I heard myself saying to him, you're going to amount to something, honey. I don't make it a habit of calling men honey. <laughs> I would never get a job at a diner. You know what I mean? I just, I just, I just don't say, I don't say honey to any, I say it to my wife, I, I guess, once in a while, but that's about it. So, But I, I hear I'm saying to him, you're going to amount to something, honey. And at that point, this made it extra scary because he had his eyes closed. He was in the receiving position, and uh, his eyes came open like that. I thought, oh, my, my. He said, I'm going to go get my mom. I thought, oh, boy, now I'm really in trouble. So he got his mom, comes up with his mom, and he says, uh, tell her what you said. I said, great, don't make me do that. She said, what would you say? I said, well, I just felt to pray you're going to amount to something, honey. Then her eyes got as big as his eyes, and they're looking at one another. And I thought, would somebody please let me in on this right now? Because I'm, I'm like dying here. I, I need to know. And she said, well, did you know? I said, no, I don't know. Please let, help me know if that, what that means. She said, well, today is the anniversary of his father's death. And his father, his father, he's named after his father. He, his, he was junior, and his father called him Sonny. But when he was a little boy, he couldn't pronounce Sonny. He called himself Honey, and it stuck. So his nickname in the family with his dad became Honey. That was what his dad called him. Now, in the, in the last days of his dad's life, his dad had some early stage, early onset dementia. He was confused. He was somewhat angry. And, and the last phrase he ever said to his son before he passed was, you're not going to amount to anything, Honey. And there he lived. He lived from that point on, just feeling like I'm never going to be anything. I'm gonna. So he was. He was. He was not doing well in school. He was not doing well in life. And that day, the Holy Spirit said, "I want to give him a gift that'll undo the curse that inadvertently came through his dad." You know, in a in a confused moment, I want to break that off of him. You're going to amount to something, honey. And God, God knew he needed it. I didn't. It bypassed my brain. I, did, I didn't have to understand it. When the Holy Spirit gives you gifts, you don't have to understand them. But, you know, since that time, he stopped by. He stopped by the office a couple years ago with his wife and his little baby. And he said, I just, had to, I just had to come and thank you again for bumbling and fumbling and giving a word to me that actually changed the course of my life. So thank you. It makes me eager to even go after more gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's go after them because 
Really, the Holy Spirit wants to cooperate with us in miracles, in healing, in, in wonders. He, he wants us to work with him. From the beginning, we were created to work with God, to flow with him, to move with him. And I believe even now, listen, our new identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, his preferred pronouns are we and us. He loves to work with us. He wants to work with us. This is working with and cooperating with the Holy Spirit as he moves. Now, but wait, there's more. There's another list in the New Testament, and that's in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's, let's look at those here together. Ephesians 4 verse 11. He, speaking of Jesus, it said, the verse before this says, Jesus ascended on high, rose from the dead, ascended on high, and he gave gifts to, to, to all people. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds or pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who's the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, there are gifts that are in you and me. There are gifts the Holy Spirit has that he wants to give through us to other people. But then there are people he gives to us. You and I have people in our lives that are gifts from the Lord to do what? Equip us for ministry. And, and the word equip doesn't mean, well, here's some information or here's a little piece of wisdom or here's a nugget of truth. Actually, the word equip means to be set in the proper place, who, knowing who you are and what you're called to do. And the Lord uses people in your life and my life they're people who are gifts. Now, people can be messy, and you can get hurt by people. But I tell you what, you can get healed by people. You can get helped by people. You can be affirmed by people. You can be equipped by people to know who you really are. Because fact is, we are not totally perceptive of who we are. You know what I mean? We need other people to help us. I Think about this. You can smell a skunk a mile away, but you can't tell if you have bad breath. And it's right under your nose. We need other people to who. Oh, thank you. Later on, I'll do that. I appreciate you offer. I was just offered two mints, so uh, I take the hint there, Brad. Thank you. So, <laughs> so we need people to help us to affirm who we are, to to confirm who we are, and and God will give you people. You know, a number of years ago, I was uh, I was a young pastor, got kind of beat up in the church, and. I, 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 I one day decided I'm not going to be pastor anymore. I just got hurt too much, you know, and, and uh, I, I vowed I'd never going to go back again. And uh, as we were part of a, a group, a church group, one of the leaders said to me one day, you're not a pastor, you never should be a pastor, you're not a speaker, you're not a preacher, you never should be a preacher, 
he said, you get, this is wrong and this is wrong. And he just went down. He just boom, 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 boom. And I took it to heart and I, and I crashed. And I said to Jesus, I love you, but your bride is a piece of work. And I don't know if I want to continue to do, you know, to, to swim in the piranha tank. And, and so I, 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 I went to work at a, at a nursing home. I'd been, I'd been sheep bitten and the nursing home was safe because everybody's teeth were in a glass. So they could gum you pretty hard, but, uh, it seemed like a safe zone to live in. And you know, I, for three years, uh, I worked at a nursing home and vowed I'd never be a pastor again. And, and I shut down, I shut down emotionally. I shut down. I didn't cry. I didn't laugh. I didn't, I didn't, I just, I just shut down. And my wife was very concerned and you know, and she said, Dave, we've got to go back to church. We've got to, we've got to be around God's people. I said, okay, let's go. And so we went. We went to this one wonderful church. And uh, Sherry was up front mingling with the people. I was at the back wall giving the body language of a barbed wire fence that just said, stay away from me, please. And what did the Lord do? But he sent a person to me. He sent a teenage young man with Down syndrome. And he walked up to me, and he smiled in my face. And he said, our pastor told us that God gives us words for other people. And he gave me something for you. I said, okay. Do you know if God would have sent another person? If he would have sent the, I'm a prophet, and I have a word for you. Well, I have a word for you, too. And <laughs> You won't need the interpretation. I'll just. <laughs> but God knew what I needed. And so this, this, uh, the, if, and if you've been around uh, Downs, uh, young people, they're just so affectionate. He's hugged me. He's hugged me, held me. And I felt like I was being hugged by the father. I felt like the father was just loving on me. And he looked up at my face and smiled. And, and then he frowned and he said, some man told you, you're not a pastor. <laughs> Yeah. He said, but that was wrong. You pastor. And we need you. And he, and he went down. It's like the, it's like he had a copy of the list of the things that the guy had spoken over me that I wasn't. And he said, you are, you are, you are, you are. And there I'm standing against the back wall. Sherry looked back and she said, there's David crying for the first time in three years. There's David laughing for the first time in three years, hugging this young man. God sent a person into my life to help me to be equipped, to know who I am, what I'm called to be, and where I'm, what I'm called to do. And I am eternally grateful for that young man. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is sending lots of people to you and I. Is, does that mean everything they say is accurate? No, no, no. In fact, I heard this years ago, and it's really been helpful. When you know it's the Lord, give him an open door. When you know it's the devil, you slam the door. When it's a person, use the screen door. But just because there might be some flies around, let the breeze in. Let the wind of the Holy Spirit in because he, he has people that he wants to use in your life. Now, the cool thing about this is I believe that, that these, these people gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, I don't believe they're church hierarchy. I believe they're people that are not just in the church. They're everywhere. My son is a pastor, and he's an air traffic controller. 
and they call him the chaplain of the tower. And people are always opening up to him and just asking him to pray for them or talk with them and listen to them. And he's a pastor. He's not. I don't think when Paul wrote this, he was thinking of church hierarchy or bureaucracy. He was thinking of a healthy body where people help one another to discover who they are. And apostles keep us focused on the mission. And the mission is to disciple nations. And I want to tell you in faith today, I believe America will be saved. I believe we're going to see America flooded again with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit greater than the Jesus movement when I got saved in the 60s. Very tumultuous time, a lot of tension, a lot of upheaval. But I came to Jesus in that movement. I believe there's a Jesus movement coming that's even greater than the Jesus movement. So apostles keep us focused on that. Prophets keep us focused on what's God saying right now. And there, there are those that are helping us in these days. And, and pastors, they, they want to make sure that people are not only cared for, but that people care for one another. And that, that's how they equip saints for ministry. And teachers want to make sure, is it grounded in the word? And evangelists, they're always on the lookout for lost sons and daughters who are coming home and they want to get the house ready so that when lost sons and daughters come home, they feel like family. Not a statistic. And all of these work together. But I believe there are pastors in business. There are apostles in government. There are prophets in education. And I think it's time for them to arise and to see that they've got a call. I believe this insecurity that we have, well, there's only a few elite in church hierarchy that can do anything. We've all been called to minister. We've all been wired to minister. And when we want to receive all the Holy Spirit has. Now, let me, let me just wrap up with this. I don't believe these gifts are exhausted. I think there's a wide variety of ways the Holy Spirit wants to move in us, through us, and with people around us. Think about this. There are 10,000 species of birds, 17,500 species of butterflies. There are 5.5 million kinds of insects. Now, if God went to all that trouble to make such a variety of bugs, don't you believe the gifts the Holy Spirit would give us are very, are very widely varied? And we have only begun to see what he wants to say to us. When you dream, dream expectantly. When you wake up, get up expectantly. In fact, I had, I had three words to give to y'all as a church. I couldn't wait. This is the punchline. I, okay. You took a long time getting to it, Dave. I know, I know, I know. Anyway, uh, I believe the Lord is bringing you as a house to deeper receptivity of things of the Holy Spirit than you've ever been before. Deeply receiving what he's got to give. And increasing expectancy. Deeper receptivity, but increasing expectancy. This is from the message translation of Romans 8.15. Because Jesus rose them from the dead, I, ad- I wake up every day adventurously expectant. Greeting each day with a child like, what's next, Papa? And I believe that you're coming to a greater time of expectancy than ever before. And at the same time, he's giving you heightened perceptivity. So you're going to know, is it really from the Lord? Is it just from me? Is it from the enemy? You're going to know. So deeper receptivity, greater expectancy, and, and greater perceptivity. You're going to know what uh, what's truly coming from the Lord. Now, the thing about these gifts is they all operate in love. They don't operate in force. 
They don't operate in, in, in human strength. They operate in love, and they flow through love. And the closer you get to the Father, the more you open up to be available for him any way he chooses. You'll even say you're going to mount to something, honey, or whatever he might ask you to do uh, to see somebody else just, just healed and, and restored. And, and I'll tell you what, these, these gifts are wonderful in gatherings like this, but they're really amazing in everyday life. When the Holy Spirit just surprises you and people around you with something that, that drops from his heart, that flows from his very heart, we get to express his voice, his activity, his, his thoughts. We get to communicate them to people. So I tell you what, I, I